Amen. Second Timothy chapter two, verse one and two says this. Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. You have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to do what? Who will be able to pass them on to others. Question in verse 1, it says, be strong through grace. How can someone be strong through grace? How can we be strong through grace? Grace is God's undeserved favor on our life. My friends, we have got to so grasp and get the revelation on grace. Grace is the undeserved favor of God on our life. It is. It is not about what we've done. We can't earn it. It's undeserved. It's undeserved. His grace is his undeserved merit and favor and love upon our lives. It's not about us. It's not about our junk. It's not about our gold. It's about him. Grace is God's undeserved favor. And just as we are saved by grace, we should live by it. We live by it, by depending upon the grace. We live by it, by walking in God's grace. Colossians 2 says this in verse 6 and 7. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him. My friends, we got to walk it out. We got to walk it out. We got to walk it out. Our life is about walking it out. About taking the steps, about growing in him, about moving forward. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. I love that as we're walking it out, as we're walking him, this amazing thing takes place that defies what, what our mind says. We're walking it out. We're being planted. We're going down deep into him and we are being built up in him as we're walking it out. How can we be strong through grace? We have to live it. We have to walk it out. Being strong through God's grace means trusting completely in Jesus. Trusting completely in his power. And not trying to live for Christ in our strength alone. It's not about our strength. It's not about us. It's about him. Receive and operate Christ's power. He will give you the strength to do his work. So that's how this, this chapter begins. Uh, I just want to read it again and I'll read verse 2. Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. 
You have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to others, to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. Can you imagine if the church were able to consistently follow this instruction right here? Could you imagine if we were able to to be just fantastic at this? Teach these truths to others, trustworthy people, so that they can teach truths to others. So that they can teach these truths to others. So that they can teach these truths to others. So that they can teach these truths to others. So that they can teach these truths to others. When we come in here week after week and we hear truth, we have heard truth so that we can find others. And I love how it says trustworthy people because it's something valuable that we're given. We, we shouldn't take the gospel of Jesus Christ lightly. But we should teach others so that they can teach others. The church would expand exponentially, which will be the biggest word I will say tonight, exponentially. No other word has that many syllables in my notes. It would grow. The church would grow. It would expand. If we would take this to heart, that we, we receive truth and we teach truth to people with the purpose of you're going to have to teach truth. So I'm teaching you because you're going to have to teach others to teach others. Imagine how much, how, how differently we would think about our young people. Knowing that we're teaching them so that they can teach others. Think about how much, how differently we would think of ourselves. I have been taught so that I can teach others, so that they can teach others. I tell you what, if we make it about ourselves, we're failing. If we make it about ourselves, we're failing. We've got to trust Jesus that he will make it about us, that he did make it about us, that everything he did was for us out of obedience for his father. He did it to please the father, and the father asked him to do it. Because of his love for us. We shouldn't make it about ourselves. Because we got to trust that God is making it about us. Amen. Disciples need to be equipped to pass on their faith. Our work is not done until new believers are able to make new believers. Our work is not done until new believers are discipled. And are able to make disciples of others. That is our work. I've said it before and and this is the truth. I I mean, discipleship. Right now, this is the most effective discipleship that the local church has. Is is people coming to church. People coming to church is the most effective form of discipleship that the church has. Because it's, it's the one time when we are all together in the same place. And teaching comes forth. And we're strengthened by it. It's not the only form of discipleship, but it's, it, I think it's the most effective form. But we can't make it the only form. Let's continue reading in 2 Timothy 2, 3. Endure suffering 
along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life, for then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. And athletes cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. And hardworking farmers should be the first to enjoy the fruit of their labor. As Timothy preached and taught, he lets us know that we're going to face suffering. We are going to endure suffering. But that we're not alone to endure it. We should be able to endure it because of the strength that comes in Jesus Christ. We should be able to endure it by finding our identity in Christ Jesus. Uh, this week, yesterday, what took place in Connecticut, I mean, it's, it's on our minds, it's on our hearts. There's things we're not going to have answers for. We, we, we said it. We said it with Jessica Ridgeway. There's things we're not going to have answers for. But thank God that on Jesus Christ, he gives us the strength to endure. This is the dark world we live in. And I told you at that, that sermon I preached, this, this, this realm... It belongs to Satan. Jesus acknowledged it. When Satan said, all this belongs to me, Jesus didn't correct him. Jesus said, get behind me. This is Satan's realm. But this isn't Satan realm, Satan's realm. If you've made Jesus the Lord of your life, this isn't Satan's realm. Because we bow to only one king, and that king is Jesus Christ. This world we live in is a dark world, so bad things happen. I, just once again, I mean, I, I people say the dumbest things. Please don't say, you're, you're going to say dumb things. That's okay. Just don't say these dumb things. Don't say this was part of God's plan. You can say other dumb things. You know, we all say dumb things, right? I, follow me for a day. I, like, I see dozens of them. This wasn't God's plan. What took place in Connecticut was not God's plan. It was not God's plan. It was the kingdom of darkness at work. And it wasn't God's plan. We just need to make that clear. God doesn't always get his way. Nowhere in the word does it say God, God always gets his way. As a matter of fact, it confirms to us that he desires that not one would perish. He desires that not one would die without knowing him. And that happens every single minute. People die without knowing Jesus. So God doesn't always get his way. So don't say something about God's plan and, and, and just have grace when... Good people say stupid things like that. But it makes God look bad when we go, oh, this is part of God's plan. No, it wasn't part of God's plan. What's part of God's plan is us being faithful to him and pressing on and bringing people to that place of salvation so that they can bring people to that place of salvation so that they can bring people to that place of salvation. You know, we had this, this moment of I mean, God was moving. We made way for the Holy Spirit. And, and so we had ministry 
during worship instead of waiting until afterwards. That's just what God made it clear he wanted to do. So we laid hands and prayed. Check this out. If, if you've received prayer tonight, there will be a time sooner than you think when you will be the one praying for someone else going, hey, let me pray for you. That's the way it works. That's the way it works. Sometimes we receive and other times we're given and just sitting there watching them receive. Paul used comparisons to soldiers, athletes, and farmers. I know we have soldiers in this room. I know we have athletes in this room. Do we have any farmers in the room? Anyone grew up farming? Do we have any farmers? Soldiers, athletes, there are prices to be paid. To do the work of a soldier, there's a price that needs to be paid. To do the work of an athlete, there's a price that needs to be paid. To receive the reward of a farmer, there's a price that needs to be paid. There's work that needs to be done. Each of these three vocations must discipline themselves, discipline themselves, and be willing to sacrifice to achieve the results they want. Right? Like soldiers, we must stay focused. We must not cling to worldly security. Like soldiers, we must not desire to please men more than to please God. What did that passage say? Soldiers can't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life for they cannot please, for then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. As soldiers for the Lord, we must desire to please our commanding officer above that of pleasing men. Like soldiers, we must endure rigorous discipline. I've got the utmost respect for our soldiers. They live a life that is disciplined. Their lives are disciplined. They are trustworthy, honorable men and women because they live a life that's disciplined. My friends, if you want to see victory in the battles, there's got to be discipline in your life. And as Christians, that discipline, or as people that, that are seeking Christ even, maybe there hadn't even... Maybe you're here tonight and you've never made that decision to place your trust in Jesus. But that's where the discipline starts. Like athletes, we must train hard. We must train hard. And every athlete has to follow a set of rules. Right? Every sport has rules. Every sport has rules. You don't, you don't follow them, red card... Before that, yellow card, a couple of yellow cards, and the red card, and you're out. You get a flag thrown. The rules. Well, we have a rule book, right? Rich, lift that in the air. We got a rule book right there. The Bible. We have a set of rules. And the set of rules echoes the Father's heart. Not a set of rules just for the sake 
of rules. It's a set of rules with the purpose of us winning the prize. Of us winning the race. Of us winning the sports, the match, the competition. Like farmers, we must work our butts off. We must get up early. We must work like a dog. We must go home dirty. We must eat and find strength and go to bed because tomorrow morning we got it all over again. Like farmers, we must be, wait for it, patient. We must be patient. But Lord, why isn't this? Be patient. But Lord, I need this now. Be patient. You know, I have a whole new perspective on patience. You know, in the springtime, you know, I love to see the flowers come up. I love to see everything green. I love to see it beautiful. But toward the end of winter, when it starts getting warm, I hate to see tulips pop up too early just because it's a warm winter's day. I hate to see that. Because what happens? We're going to get another freeze. We're going to get some more snow. And what happens to that, that tulip that popped up a little too early? It dies. Friends, we've got to be patient. God is doing a work in each one of us and that work results in beauty and, it, and it's beauty that we get to walk in and it's a beauty that others around us get to see God's faithfulness. But we've got to be patient. God's timing is perfect. It's just never, rarely, rarely to never, like 99.9% rarely to never in accordance with our time. We got to trust his time. We got to be patient. But there's hard work to be done. A soldier, an athlete, a farmer. We must keep going despite suffering because of the thought of the triumph of victory, the vision of winning. And the hope of harvest. I love this passage in 2 Timothy. I love the imagery that Paul encourages this young pastor with. Let's keep in mind, you know, I, I say it probably each week here now. This is the last letter Paul ever wrote. And Paul knew it. You could tell in the tone, he knew it. You could tell with the urgency, he knew it. This was Paul's last letter. If you knew you were writing your last letter, think about the things and the urgency that you would write this letter with. And Paul's encouraging this young minister. Let him know there's work to be done, but there's a reward that if we keep our eyes and we pay the price, we will see victory, winning, and harvest. We will see that our suffering is worthwhile when we achieve our goal of triumphing in battle and bringing glory to our King, Jesus Christ. We will see that our suffering is worthwhile when we achieve our goal of winning people to Christ 
bringing them back to our Father. And we will see that our suffering is worthwhile when we achieve our goal of bringing in the harvest and sitting down and feasting with Him. The rewards You don't get in trouble for that. Verse 7 says this. Think about what I am saying. I love that. Think about what I'm saying. Give thought to it. Go home and, and meditate on it. Ruminate. Love the word ruminate. Ruminate on it. Let it stew. Let it think on these things. Are we willing to pay the price to see the harvest? Are we willing to pay the price to cross that finish line first? The last one standing in battle. To be the last one standing and it be our flag that's hoisted and planted into the ground for everyone to see. Are we willing to fight, to work, to train, to plant, to toil, to sweat, to cry for the hope of the victory, for, for the promise of the harvest? I want to read seven uh, verses 7 through 10. Think about what I'm saying. The Lord will help you understand these things. Isn't that cool, by the way, that in us thinking about it, God's helping us understand it? Sometimes we just make God out to be uh, much more difficult uh, than, than he is. He's our father. And as we think about these things, he'll help us understand it. We can't be lazy. We've got to give thought to it. We can't be so entertained every second of the day, filling our mind on something. There's a moment where we just sit and think about it, and God will help us understand these things. Always remember that Jesus Christ, a descendant of King David, was raised from the dead. This is the good news I preach, that he's alive. That's the good news I preach. Always remember... That Jesus is raised from the dead. That's the good news I preach. And because I preach this good news, I am suffering. And have been chained like a criminal. But the word of God cannot be chained. Once again, the price. Guys, please. Please, the minute someone throws a shackle on us, let's not cower. Please, the minute someone throws a shackle around our ankle or binds our hands in chains, let's not think God deserted us. You hear me? What do we do? Lord, this can't be your will. You deserted me. Oh, really? There's never any suffering for the sake of the truth? Right? Set our minds to it. Set our minds to it. Young people, 
Teenagers? You're going to be made fun of? You know, I love the song years ago when I was in college, Jesus Freak came out. And it's still cool today. That came out when I was in college. And I'm old. I'm, you know, I'll be 43 next month. Yeah, according to them, they, like, they have no concept. Look at them. They're like, yeah, you're old. You're, you know. That's a, but what will people say when they hear that I'm a Jesus freak is what the words are. What will people do when they know that it's true? I don't really care if they label me a Jesus freak. I said, there's no denying the truth. Is that how it's disguising the truth? There's no disguising the truth. Young people, you're going to be made fun of. Awesome. Thank Lord, please let them be made fun of, Lord God. Why would I pray that? John, why would I pray that? Why would I pray and ask the Lord to let you be made fun of for your faith? So you can get stronger like an athlete, like a soldier, like a farmer, and you can be better so you can see the harvest. That's exactly right. Plus, if you get made fun of, you know what it means? It means you're not hiding the truth. You're letting them know who you are. So you're not keeping it to yourself. You're not hiding it. Lord, let them be made fun of. And then let them feel the stinking badge of honor that that is. To know that they belong to the king. So I'm getting fired up now. I was bringing it down. This is like the end of the message. I'm getting all fired up now. But the word of God cannot be chained. And I love this. So I am willing to endure what? Anything. I am willing to endure anything if it will bring what? Salvation and eternal glory in Christ Jesus. Are we? Is that true? Can we really say that? Are we? Are we willing to endure anything if it will bring salvation? Are we willing to endure anything if it will bring eternal glory? To our perfect king. You guys, there's a price to be paid. There's work to be done. But there's there's honor to be had. There's honor to be had in finding ourselves victorious in him, not of our own merit. Not fighting on our own behalf. This isn't some one-man war. I'm fighting for my king. I'm not running just with without motivation. I'm running to win a prize. I'm not planting and digging and toiling and planting and watering for no reason. I'm doing so to see a harvest. Teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will then be able to pass them on to other people. Our God is great. We should leave here inspired. Not by me. Not by me. Not by one another. By, by hearing truth. There is no disguising the truth. We've heard truth tonight. Not from me, from the Holy Spirit.
through his word. We look to God for, for strength, for endurance. We run to him for endurance. Every now and then, something comes easy, right? Every now and then, every rare now and then, something comes easy. But most of the time, it doesn't. Most of the time, there's work, there's, there's patience needed, there's, there's work to be done. Our, our God is awesome. And you have been giving the nature of God in you through the man, Jesus Christ. So you have within you power to bring healing, to bring salvation, to bring deliverance, to set the captive free. Love that. That's what being a soldier is. Setting the captive free. There's a people that are in chains. There are people that are being oppressed. And I'm going to fight so that they're free. We can't make it about ourselves. We can't, when it gets hard, when we're exhausted, we can't make it about ourselves. When we're tired, when we're tired and weary and we don't see the fruit, we can't make it about ourselves. We all do it for our king. And we do it so that salvation will be seen and so that our God will be glorified. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. And we have not been drafted. Lord, we have enlisted. Lord, we have not been forced to join anything. But Lord, we have willingly signed our lives over to you so that others might be saved and so that you might be glorified, Lord. So, Lord, we make declaration right now in our hearts and in our mouths and in our minds that we understand that there's a price to be paid to win, to see victory, to, to be the champion, to see the harvest. So, Lord, we, we say we understand. And we are engaged. We are engaged in battle and competition and work. And we trust you, Lord. We trust you that you will not give us more than we can endure, Lord. We trust you that you will give us strength. Lord, we trust you that you will give us strategies. Lord, we trust you, Lord God, that you will give us skill. So we look to you. We say right now, Lord God, Train us. Discipline us. Teach us. Grow us. So that we might be effective for you, Lord God. Lord, I thank you for your love for us. In the midst of this message on work and battle and discipline, Lord, I thank you that it's still about love, that you loved us. For God so loved 
the world that he gave Jesus. He gave his only son so that whoever might believe might have life, eternal life. So Lord, we thank you for your love. We receive your love. And we reciprocate your love, Lord. We love you. Lord, we return it to you. We love you, Lord. And we demonstrate that in our worship. We demonstrate that in our, in our disciplined lives for you, Lord. And we demonstrate that, Lord, in being obedient and responsive to you today, tomorrow, Monday, Lord. In Jesus' name. If everybody could keep their eyes closed for a moment. But Steve, just stay locked into my words, guys. Your eyes are closed, but just locked into me. God is real. Jesus is alive. And he did what he did so that you could have life. Through him. The Bible says if you believe that Jesus is Lord. What does that mean? That he is the king. That he is the champion. And you make him your Lord. If you believe that he is alive and that he is Lord and victorious. And you confess him as such that you will be saved. Is there anyone here tonight that even in hearing these words, you know you believe? There's not, you know it. You're like, I knew it. I've always, I know it. I know he's real. And I know he loves me. And I know he's got better things for me than I do for myself. If you're here today and you just have never with your lips professed him as yours. I believe and now I make him mine. I enlist. I sign up. I say yes. I volunteer. If that's you and you've just never made that proclamation but you want to right now with all eyes closed, if that's you, open your eyes and lock eyes with me and raise your hand and let's make it obvious so that you and I know that this day, you're making it clear to the enemy, clear to our king, and clear to yourself that your life belongs to him. Is there anybody? Just lock eyes with me. Raise that hand. Make it obvious. Is there anyone? Lord, I thank you for each person that's here, Lord. And I thank you plan for each one of us. And I thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. And I thank you, Lord, that you have awesome things for us, Lord. Victory. Lord, I don't think we can attain it on our own. Maybe we can have some, some form of it, Lord, but not the kind you want for us. But we do find victory in you. So I just proclaim victory right now over every individual, every marriage, every family, every couple, every, every unit that's represented here. I just proclaim your victory, your life, your power, your blessing, your joy, your peace, your strength, your boldness. Holy Spirit, move in power. Stirring within us boldness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.